Therapy roulette, consent event. Trauma disguised as comedy. Therapy roulette, consent event. If you don't have problems, then you're likely repressing shit and you should find a therapist who's not me. Hello. Welcome back to a new episode of Therapy Roulette, Consent Event. So we moved into our new house last week and it's been hard, like really, really, really hard in so many different ways. My uh, packing was not quite on time and when the moving company showed up, we were not ready And Joseph has a fish tank, a 60-gallon fish tank. So we spent most of moving day with a hose in the fish tank, emptying the water out and scooping the little fish into a bucket. And then getting that fish tank out, thank God we paid professionals because that seems like a, uh, a huge endeavor. But we made it to the house. And it's been challenging because so much is either not working or not structured correctly. So um, we've just been running into a lot of obstacles and doing handiwork literally every day, every free moment we have. As soon as I'm done with work for the day, my work from home job, we start repairing stuff. And we did this before moving into all last month so I'm extremely sleep deprived and I'm still not a handy person so a lot of times I try to help Joseph out and fix things and then I just make them worse and we have to redo them ah my life is so hard I don't know about home ownership it seems um like a scam that people tell you you should aspire to but I don't see the point quite yet I don't know Maybe this will all turn around. It has to get better. I'm just telling myself that. So for today's episode, there is no guests. It's going to be a solo episode. And I've just been reflecting and thinking that I am back into my depressive state. I am feeling more hopeless than usual, probably because here we are going through another big life change, bought a house, moved to the house with my partner, And it's not all sunshine and butterflies. Instead, it's a lot of uh, sawdust and concrete and trash bags. So, yeah, life is hard. Um, And I also think I've been struggling to feel like myself because I've been spending every single day working nonstop or with my boyfriend by my side also working nonstop. We are stressed to the max. We're hostile with each other and just like ready to snap. So that's not good. You know, I need some me time. I need to get out and just lie in the sun with a book and, you know, listen to the waves. I don't know. I just need to get out of here. I can't be in a house for, for day after day after day. It's driving me insane. And I've been thinking a lot of it has to do with my introvertness because I really do require alone time every day. Just a little bit of alone time makes me flourish. It makes me such a much happier, more balanced person. And I don't know if Joseph has that. I feel like he is, I don't know. I don't know if he needs alone time. He's 
kind of an introvert, but he also like goes a mile a minute and he loves talking and connecting with people. So he might be just as extroverted. I have no idea, but I've told him and I know this about myself. I need alone time. I need to be quiet somewhere away from people for part of the day every day. Otherwise, I feel like I'm going to combust. And so I haven't had that in like 30 to 60 days. And I'm trying to get back into making time for myself. I found this article on the web about introverts with a rainforest mind. And I've never heard that term before. I think this lady who wrote the article coined it. So I thought I would just uh, give you a summary of the article. Because maybe you're into introverts and extroverts and how we flow and go about our days. I know I am. I'm always trying to learn how to better understand myself. So this is posted on introvertdeer.com. It's called 12 Signs You're an Introvert with a Rainforest Mind by Paula Prober. Complex, highly sensitive, intense, creative, misunderstood, gifted, introverted, If you have a rainforest mind, RFM, these are just some of the adjectives that might describe you. I developed the metaphor of the rainforest mind while working as a teacher with children who were were identified as gifted. As I soon found out, it's difficult to define giftedness and there's a great amount of controversy around what it might be. Because of many people's discomfort with the label, I created the RFM analogy. It was fitting. These kids were like the rainforest. They had particular traits and needs that were often overlooked because they were so smart. When I became a psychotherapist, I started working with rainforest-minded adults. I helped them understand their particular characteristics and concerns so that they learn self-acceptance and create fulfilling lives. Maybe you, too, have a rainforest mind. In my experience, many of those with an RFM are introverts. How will you know? Here are 12 signs. And I'm just going to read you the 12 signs because I identify with a good chunk of them. Maybe you will too. Um, But I do like this little label of Rainforest Mind. It sounds like the sound machine at the Rainforest Cafe. Rain falling on plastic leaves. Signs you have a Rainforest Mind. Number one, you've been accused of being too sensitive, too dramatic, too emotional, too curious, and too smart. Two, you feel like too much and not enough at the same time. Three, you've painted your living room 12 times and it's still not right. Ooh, I feel like that's foreshadowing for me in the house. Four, you love learning, reading, and research, but didn't necessarily excel in school. Five, people tell you that you're not living up to your great potential. You feel pressure to be a high achiever, but sometimes end up in perfectionist paralysis. Ooh, I feel that one. (laughs) Six, you're overwhelmed by screeching leaf blowers, strong fragrances, needy friends, loud chewers, buzzing that no one else hears, bad architecture, and beauty. Seven, people tell you to lighten up when you're just trying to enlighten them. Eight, you may have changed majors in college several times and graduated after nine years. You leave a job just when you've mastered it because you need to learn something new. 
I, I get like this. Once I really get good at something, I get bored with it. It's terrible. I'll read you her explanation. This is called multi-potentiality. Multi-potentiality. You have lots of interests and abilities. People say you're a jack of all trades, master of none. But you actually do master a lot. But when you learn what you want, it's time to move to the next thing. This can be a problem if you need to support a family or if you need to look, quote, unquote, normal. Number nine, you've been socially responsible since you were five years old. I feel it. Number 10, you're an avid overthinker and frequent ruminator. Sleep and meditation are challenging. 11, you counsel your friends, relatives, neighbors, and pets, and often know what they're feeling before you before they do. You have a sense of a larger force in the universe that has a spiritual strength and a loving energy. 12. You often ask yourself, if I'm so smart, why am I so dumb? I read this article and I jived with it. I think this is about me. I am calling myself smart because, you know, I love myself and I value my brain. But yeah, I'm I'm highly sensitive. There are times where I just can't take people like at least part of my day. I can't be around people because it's too much. I need a little bit of alone time at my uh, at my job a few years ago. You know, I had like a kind of strict lunch break, like 30 minutes. That's it. You better be back at work by the 30 minute mark. And I sometimes would try to write or get work done for myself, you know, like answer emails or work on comedy. I would try to do something for myself in that lunch break. And I know I must have looked like such a weirdo to anyone who was on the outside because I would either sit alone like at the ends of the cafeteria and not interact with my coworkers, or I would even go st- like steps further into crazy territory and I would close myself into like the dressing room and just type on my laptop in in this tiny ass dressing room where you're supposed to change into your uniform. But most of the time, no one would come in during like a lunch hour. So it was quiet and I could write a paragraph or edit something or send an email. And I felt weird because, you know, it was a weird thing to do. But I also felt like myself you know, carving out time to do something that mattered to me in what was supposed to be my rest part of the day. And once in a while, I think a few times it happened, um, one of my coworkers would be starting her shift and she would come into the dressing room and I'd be there with my laptop on like the one chair that's there. And she'd she'd say like, oh, am I interrupting you? Like, what are you doing? But like always nice about it. And I would just say, oh, just writing, you know, I'll, I'll leave so you can change. Um, I don't know. We need to create more space for introverts, rainforest minds, people who just don't want to socialize all day because not everyone's wired that way. And maybe I won't have to hide out in dressing rooms and lonely parts of the cafeteria in the future. But yeah, I... I kind of look back on those times because right now I'm working from home. So if I need to do something like that, it's way easier. Obviously, I could just write in 
the other room or on the couch during my lunch break. But at my office jobs or that TV production job, like I, I'd have to steal space for myself. I'd have to like find it, claim it and not let people intrude upon it. And I felt like I was getting so much done during those 30 minutes. So I think a big part of my depression and my sense of like uh, existential dread is I want to write. I want to write professionally, but I don't have a writing routine. And maybe that routine is supposed to be a morning routine or an evening routine. Maybe it's supposed to be a lunch routine. I don't know, but I'm going to try out a bunch of them. And I hope one of them sticks because that's what I need the most. And then if I have a writing routine, I think everything else will work out. Thanks for listening to Therapy Roulette. You know where to find me online. And I'll be back with an interview in two weeks. See ya. This has been Therapy Roulette Consent's event. If you enjoyed this episode, a few very quick things you could do to help the podcast are leaving a review. You can leave me a review on ratethispodcast.com slash therapy, or you can leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a couple seconds to do, and it really helps spread the word. Um, Tell a friend about the podcast, anyone who's into mental health or comedy or who needs to like hear about mental health and comedy. If you think they like the podcast, tell them, text them, share the link. It really helps to just tell people about the podcast. Also, while you're listening, if you take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media and tag me, I'll be sure to reshare. And that also builds momentum. So on Instagram, I'm at Therapy Roulette Pod. On Twitter, I'm at Therapy Roulette. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. So not next Thursday, but the following Thursday. Therapy roulette, consent event, trauma disguised as comedy. Therapy roulette, consent event. If you don't have problems and you're probably repressing shit, and you should find a therapist who's not.